Welcome to Game On, the weekly football podcast bringing together seasoned professionals, the male star football writers and a celebrity fan or two. I'm your host, Mark Pugach. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Game On on video. Hello, I'm Mark Pugach and welcome to another edition of Game On. After a busy week in Europe when Manchester United crashed out of the Champions League and PSG and Istanbul Basak Shahir walked off the pitch in Paris. Joining us to discuss all this, two men who played for England, Liverpool and Tottenham, Peter Crouch and Danny Murphy, and Dominic King, the Daily Mail's Northwest Football Reporter. Hello, everybody. Great to see you looking so well, and thanks for joining us. Lots to get through as ever. Danny, let's start with events uh, at Parc des Princes, where both sets of players walked off in the PSG Istanbul game after allegations of, of racist abuse aimed at the Istanbul assistant coach. We've heard a lot about players saying we should walk off if we hear this. Now we've actually seen them walk off. So does this feel like quite a turning point for you? It does. And the only surprise for me is that we haven't seen it sooner. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, whatever it takes, absolutely whatever it takes. Um, it's ridiculous now that we, in this day and age, we're still having to, or players are still having to put up with it in any form. So yeah, hopefully it's a turning point. Hopefully it's a uh, a line in the sand, um, great awareness for around the world, around Europe, of course, that this has happened, I think. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me in the forthcoming weeks if we see another team do it. Uh, I think it's getting to the point where players and staff uh, have had enough. Simple as that. And it's, it's the last resort for them to walk off the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And Peter, I think what was significant was, obviously, the Istanbul players wanted to go. But as soon as Kylian mm. Mbappe had heard and been told what had happened, he said, right, we're off as well, because it's only going to work if clearly both sets of players walk off the pitch. So that seemed really mm. significant, didn't it? That the PSG players said, yep, we're with you, we're coming off. Yeah, it was uh, it was only a matter of time, wasn't it, I think, before uh, players took matters into their own hands. Um, you know, UEFA and the governing bodies have probably been too slow to to react to or, 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 or with the correct punishments of, uh, of any mm. form of racism and uh, players have had to take it into their own hands. I think it's sad that they've had to, but, but they have. Um, you know, if any players take offence, uh, I know that you know, Danny or myself would have been the same. You know, if they've taken offence, then of course you stand with them. Um, both sets of players have done the, the correct thing and um, it is flabbergasting really to, to you know, an official of, of that calibre and the in the Champions League is, is, is using the language that, that he's using. And um, of course, that's uh, the way that the players have gone about it. You know, everyone, everyone supports that. Absolutely. Well, as we say, let's, let's see it. Let's now anticipate that this will happen more often if it needs to happen more often. Dom, on the pitch, Manchester United, they get knocked out. And at the risk of sending everybody off to sleep and having another conversation about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it is an appropriate one to have today because they haven't got out of a group that we all expected them to get out of. Well, particularly after they'd, they'd won the first two matches, uh, winning in Paris, absolutely hammering Leipzig at, at Old Trafford. Um, I think Martin Samuel put in his match report the other day that um, sort of symptomises everything where Manchester United are is they put seven goals past the team and still managed to get knocked out by them, uh, which is quite remarkable. But, um 
I just find the whole sort of situation with United bizarre because say say the say they beat Manchester City, it'll be all oh, I'll believe it. Let's believe in Oli. Let's give him time, and then a week later they'll lose somewhere else, and it'll it, it, it'll it'll bust again, and he'll be the man. Why haven't they got Pochettino in? Um, it's just not a culture that, you, that that's sustainable for a, for a team that wants to progress. Um, you know, he's, he's swapping and changing formations. He's he's making tactical switches during games. There's just no sort of set. It just feels when you look at Manchester United that there's no set plan in terms of what they want to do, in terms of the management, in terms of recruitment, in terms of the playing style. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think that the, I think you've reported in the mail that the players are frustrated that the team chops and changes so much, Dom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean. Out, the, the boys know far better than I, but I just think when when a manager has to change formations during a game so so markedly, something's clearly either one it's it's not been worked on properly in in, in training, or two you haven't it it's, it was the wrong plan to start with and you haven't uh, prepared for the game properly. Um, you can see why there is frustrations. Um, you know, United have wasted a glorious chance to get into the into the knockout stages they probably should they should have done with the, the start they gave themselves and um it just as i said it just feels like a, a club that's making things up from one day to the next i think Peter, i think where, yeah where oh, you sorry. Danny, go 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 i no, was, was going to say i think i think for me that I, I take your point on board about the variation in tactics and personnel etc but it's it's the question is motivation isn't it because and and, and how he's getting his messages across because what i see a lot even though there's a, a tweak in formational personnel at times when there's been the contrast of halves in some of their games. Their attitude changes when they've been behind in games. It's like they play free. They, they think, right, I've got a point to prove now. It's, it's like an attitude shift rather than a tactical shift in some of the games. You know, the tactics do come into play or the personnel, but you're right. Why, why aren't they starting games that way? Why aren't they prepared better? That's ultimately down to the manager. And although I like Solskjaer, I think the extremities of their performances is too much now. I don't think that the fans are now at the point where they're, they're, they'll be, um, what's the word, they're, they'll be, their anger won't be suppressed by a good win now. now even if they beat City, mm. I think you've still got a huge majority of the United fans wanting change. Yeah. Can, can, can I just say though, like, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I'm not saying he's the right man for Manchester United at all, but, Having said that, think of the managers that they've gone through. Like they're not bad managers, right? David Moyes has proven himself now. You know, Louis Van Gaal, <laughs> pro- proven manager. Jose Mourinho, look what he's doing at Tottenham. Ole Gunnar so- like they they can't all be bad. Do you know what I mean? It, it has to be. It has to come from the top. You know, the 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 people that the only person that hasn't changed is is the person at the top of the tree. And you know the spending. If you if you look go through you know since um, since Michael Edwards has been at Liverpool, the recruitment and what, you know the, the, how they've sold and how they've bought. And then you look at Man United in the same period. You know the amount of money they've wasted on paying managers. Number one on 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 the recruitment side of things. It just it just hasn't been anywhere near good enough. And that's surely got to come from the top. And yeah, we can sit here and we, we can blame Solskjaer. And I don't think he's, I think he's made a lot of errors myself as well, but it has to come from the top. It's just, it's just not been good enough. So Peter, are you saying, you know, you can get rid of Solskjaer and bring in Pochettino or Allegri or whatever, but it won't make any difference until the structure in terms of 
chief executive in terms of maybe a director of football that changes is that what you're saying yeah, i believe so yeah it has to, it has to change because yeah. they can't keep going on you know they they're buying players at the top from massive clubs on huge wages who are coming in on on a sort of downward spiral there's there doesn't seem to be anyone who becomes available manchester united seem to go and you're in the market for them aren't they and it always seems to be a panic buy at, at the top end of the market you know, when I, obviously I'm comparing, you know, it was the other side for years and years and years where Liverpool would look to Manchester United. But at the moment, it's it's the other way around. And I look at them, they're buying young, sort of hungry players who are below Liverpool's level in terms of club. And they're coming in and they're improving. And I see Manchester United on the complete other end of the spectrum buying sort of older players who, you know, are on massive wages already and, um, and, and maybe don't have that hunger or desire to succeed at a massive club like United. Dom, Danny talks about, and, and of course, this is the weird thing at the moment, because fans generally, I know there are a couple of thousand allowed here and there, because fans generally aren't allowed in grounds. Danny wonders whether the Man United fans have run out of patience. But let me put the other side. Were they to beat Man City? And that is not a stupid comment, because they could beat Man City. Look at the way they played. Then Man United, I mean, I, I, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but are actually in the title race if they beat Man City. That's the other side of this debate. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd agree with you about them being in the title race. Well, statistically, they definitely Yes, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I take that on board. But, um, you know, I, I covered the game when they played um, Everton a few weeks ago um, and they won 3-1 and I didn't think they played very well. And they, there was a sort of attitude around them afterwards because um, it had come three or four days after they'd, they'd, been, they'd lost in Istanbul. And the, the, the sort of attitude that was coming from everyone when they were speaking was, why did you ever doubt us? We're, you know, we're Man United. There's, there's nothing wrong here. Um, but I just, I just think there's, there's going to be too much of, too much of this. There'll be, a, there'll be a bad result in a couple of weeks where they'll lose, you know, uh, in a, a ground in London, or they'll go to Newcastle and lose, or there'll be, there'll be a big result where they lose. They just do not have the consistency. And Peter's absolutely spot on about the. Um, the, the 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 top of the, the club with Richard Arnold and um, Ed Woodward and Matt Judge the ones who are making the decisions they're just they're not they're not buying the right players for Manchester United. No, I mean listen, Dom. Logically, everything you say is absolutely correct. But if you look at the table and in this weird world in which we're living, just at the moment, I mean, how Danny? How can you have a situation where Manchester United have conceded the first goal in every away Premier League game this season and they won every game? I mean, that's insane. It is, and when it shows one thing, they've got talent and they've got yeah. creativity. We know. I think they're a bit too reliant on Fernandez. Um, I think the recruitment is a great point, um, and also they're competing now with some wonderful teams. I mean, the the problem with United is that they're be, they're always being compared to one of the best teams we ever saw in Premier League history, which was a team that wasn't just efficient; it was great to watch. It won trophies by playing great football, had great work ethic, had leadership. So they're always comparing, a bit like Arsenal compare with the invincible teams, you know. So you, you, you had Mourinho come in and win a couple of trophies by being pragmatic. Louis van Gaal won the FA Cup and got binned. You know, they, they, they want the best of everything and all the big clubs do. But now United are competing. We've got two of the best managers in world football at two of the biggest clubs in Europe, City and Liverpool now, whose recruitment is better. So they, they're, they're climbing a mountain and I'm with Dom. I don't think they're in the title race, even though the Premier League table suggests that they are. 
I'd be absolutely amazed and won't come on here again if they win it. Tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, before we get on to talk about those who really are in the title race, uh, Dom, what about this suggestion from UEFA in the Champions League of two spots being reserved for high-ranking clubs who may not make it in otherwise? I mean, this feel, this feels like, right, this is the big boys' table, this is all ours, you lot go away, we know who we are. What an absolute nonsense. What yeah. absolute <laughs> nonsense that would be. Um, uh, a couple of uh, Before the Champions League started, um, a couple of us, a couple of the papers spoke to um, the one of the uh, chairmen at Michelin. And we were talking, it was around the time that the um, Super League was being mooted and the breakaway and, and the big six, um, you know, the power grab that was going on. Um, and he said something very pertinent. It was um, along the lines of UEFA basically don't like people like us, the, the clubs that want to dream, the clubs that want to try and get in and, ha- and have the big nights and um, and have ambition. Um, and he had the feeling that it's, it's trying to be ring-fenced for, um, you know, the, the established names in, in football. I, I think if this was a, a development where, where two positions were ring-fenced just on, on name alone, I think it would be another sad indictment of the way the game's going. Yeah, because the game, Danny, the game's got to be about competition. The game's got to be about ambition. The game's got to be about elevation. Listen, we, we, we made this point about the Super League, didn't we? If we had this discussion 20 years ago, Man City were playing in the third tier. You know, you've got to be able to have the ups and downs. Yeah, it's, it's, ludic- it's ludicrous. I mean, I, I grew up with the European Cup, yeah. you know, being the, being the champions. Um, and now it's the four best teams from the big countries. It's already got to a point where it's a, a little bit farcical in that respect, but we enjoy it and we've accepted it. To actually give themselves a um, a comfort blanket of having two spaces in case one of the big boys messes up, it's just bizarre. I've never heard anything so stupid. Yeah. Well, hopefully that'll that'll come down with the Christmas uh, decorations in Jan. <laughs> um, yeah. Peter, Peter, Danny used a really good word about Mourinho then and his Man United. He said a pragmatic Man United won two trophies. Mm. Tottenham, they are pragmatic. It's not an insult to say you're <clears> pragmatic. <throat> My question is, can playing that way, pragmatically, can Tottenham win the league or against better, much better teams than Arsenal, will they have to open up a little bit more? Um. I feel like they've got, yeah, they are pragmatic, but, you know, they, they have that, you know, the two in front of the, the back four and, uh, they, you know, they don't go very far, do they? But I think when they've got Son and, and Kane and, and Bergwijn and, you know, if they get a, a fire in Gareth Bale as well, like they are, they can be exciting. You know, they've got players that get you off your feet without a doubt. I mean, what, what Son's doing this season has been phenomenal. Same with Kane. And yeah, they've got a good defensive structure. But yeah, that win, I'm sure that could win titles. Um, and I think, yeah, for me, Liverpool are the standout team. Like, you can never write off Manchester, you know, Manchester City. But I think Tottenham have a real chance. I think with, with Mourinho in charge, I think they can do the horrible stuff. Um, but I think they've got ability to, to go the other way. And, um, you know, with, with those players, yeah, they're, they're going to be tight games. But with those players, they, they, can, they can nick one nils, they can nick two nils. And, and, and I still also think that they can blow teams away that, that potentially sit back at them as well. So I think they've got a lot of strings to their bow. Um, I, I don't want to sit here and say this is Tottenham's year, but I think they can mount a real challenge. I really do. Well, the year ends in a one next year, so Tottenham fans will tell you it's there. Yeah, you two know that. You played there. But, Daddy, it's a really good debate, isn't it? We, there's so many strengths to Tottenham. But when you've got Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea, 
Can you finish above all those three playing that way? Well, I've, I've been consistent in saying I don't think they can. I think they're too reliant on Kane. Um, I know they've got good other attacking players, but he knits it all together. He's, he's playing as well as I've ever seen him. He's, he's, he knows when to drop in. He leaves the line. He's strong. He looks quick, fit, hungry. Um, if, if, he, if they keep him fit and keep playing the way they are, don't worry about what anyone says. Yeah, playing that way, they can. There's nothing wrong with playing to your strengths completely. No, no problem with that. Um, I just think if you take him out, all of a sudden that missing the P, you know, like he's too, he's too important for them. The other thing is, I don't know if you saw Tottenham play Southampton earlier in the season. Um, they battered them in the second half, if you recall. But in the first half, they went toe for toe and opened up and played on the front foot. And Southampton could have had five or six. I think the reason he puts the two in front of the four is because he doesn't trust them to be, man, you know, um, two on two or three on three or four on four, whatever, however you go and whoever you're playing against. But I just think when you look at City's strength and depth, Chelsea's strength and depth, and even Liverpool now winning consistently with the amount of injuries they've got, Tottenham have a little spell in the season where they lose two or three especially Kane as well. I, I, I don't think they've got the, the same strength and depth. But, you know, you never know. Leicester did it. I remember that season Leicester won it and I kept saying, no, they won't, they won't carry on. I remember I, being... I, 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 he's not here to defend him, but he's a big boy, could look after himself. I remember being at Peterborough in the FA Cup in February or March and Martin Keown, our friend here, going, now they won't win. Uh, they can't win the league. <laughs> what? Everyone said it. It's clear. <laughs> Everyone said it. They said the same thing, Danny, about uh, Mares and Barney. You yeah. just said about Kane, you know, when they yeah. get injured. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's 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 the key, is it? Because, I mean, that Dodd, that is the key for Tottenham, isn't it? Because we they're, saw Kane big... get injured on New Year's Day. And, you know, if it weren't for the fact that the season was suspended and restarted, he probably wouldn't have played again that season, may not have played in the Euros. So it's a put, when people say, oh, well, you would talk, why do you talk about injuries? Well, Van Dyke's Liverpool had no injuries last season, really. Terrific. Van Dyke's now got injured and a few others. If Kane were to get injured, it would change everything. Well, it, it would. I mean, he's, um, he's the crown jewels for them, isn't he? Um, the one thing that I, I, I just find fascinating about Tottenham is um, Mourinho, because he's starting to pick fights now with, with people. Uh, he's picking fights with Klopp and Guardiola and he's mentioning fixture lists and he just looks like he's got that sort of swagger yeah. about him that he knows that he's got a hand that can win. I think he only goes in, I think he only has this sort of mood where he's chippy and he and he sorts, sort of gets on the front foot when he knows he's got a, a, a team that can win. So I just, I think they're going to be right there. I think, I'm not going to say they're going to win it, but I think they're, they're definitely a Champions League team. Oh, no, I did an interview four. with him a couple of weeks ago. He's extremely chipper. And it's re actually really good to see. It's really good to see Mourinho mm -hmm. back in. Because when you've got Mourinho, Klopp, obviously Guardiola, Lampard, you know, Brendan Rodgers, it's, it's, great, it's great for our game. Peter, how do you look at the Manchester derby? Because Man City, by their standards, have had a pretty average start to the season. Mm. But they've still got this game in hand and they're still, you would, any fool would write them off. No, oh, yeah, without doubt. I mean, they've had their, like you say, they've had some some surprising results this year. But um, but so has everyone. I think it's just about about managing the uh, the ups and downs. I think they, uh, for, for me, United, yeah, are on their day. I think attacking talent, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, you know, Greenwood, fantastic. But defensively, I just don't think they they're good enough. I think we all we all dress it up and say. Um, United, yeah, they've got so many. They've got good players. They, you know, they're there. They're close and near the top of the table. But defensively, they're 
they're miles off it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't even think the goalkeeper is as good as he as he was. It's, it's, there's something up with him. Um, the back four aren't aren't up to it. Um, and Man City have got so much ability. You know they'll score. Um, you know they'll score first, obviously. Um, and I just I just I don't think Man United will will have enough to come back from it. Well, Daddy, what's what, how how do you read the sort of he doesn't play a centre forward, the number nine, whatever you want to call it, striker position at City with Aguero's injury, Jesus Torres. How do you read what what Guardiola might do there or wants to do there? Well, I think he trusts Jesus. Um, I, I mean, he had a he had a little injury as well, didn't he? On same similar time to Aguero at one point, which is why Torres played up there. But Aguero with the level, I mean, he, he's always going to be a miss, isn't he? When he's not fit, he's been a He's he's been phenomenal for City. I think they've got the one thing City can look at now for me, um, with a bit more reassurance, is the back four. I know he's Laporte's been out a little bit recently. He's left him out for a little while. I don't know why, but he's the lad uh, Diash come in and he, he looks a good player. The back four looks better. They do look better defensively, and even in the Tottenham game, I think they controlled it for long periods. And you know, little things go for you, don't they, in, in big games, and that that that. That could turn for them soon, and they could—they're well capable of going on a run of 10, 12 games, ten, twelve wins on the spin. I still think City and Liverpool will be the top two. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm convinced by it, and I think—I think City will beat United. I think it'll be hard for United after that game in midweek to bounce back against this a side of City's quality because they keep the ball so well. Mm-hmm. Um, although they have done well against them, haven't they recently? They have—they have, yeah, they have to be fair, but I think with City desperately needing the points. Um, I'm with Crouch. I, I can't see United beating them. Uh, Danny, uh, Dom, Danny mentioned a few moments ago Bruno Fernandes. I mean, he, he created eight chances in the second half because he only played one half at West Ham. And nobody has been involved in more goals and assists in England since he came. I never thought I'd say a Man United a one-man team. But frankly, at the moment, they are. With him, yep, they can beat people. Without him, they look like they did in the first half the other day against West Ham. He's been um, uh, he's been an incredible signing. Um, the impact that he's had. I mean, I know Crouchy's um, Crouchy's backing him to win the Golden Boot. They're getting to that many that get that many, many penalties. Penalties. <laughs> um, no, but it's um, you're right. It, it's almost like there's there's an over reliance on him to do something um, mm. something special in every game and to step forward. Um, the one I'm waiting for to see to see if he's going to start producing is Donny Van Beek. You know, there was such a, a big. Mm. Um, <laughs> big fan well, he's got to start him. a few, Dom, hasn't he? Yeah, well, that. I, I, that's that, that's what I mean. When, yeah, when yeah. is he? When is he going to get his chance? Start? Why did yeah. they sign him? You know, there was he, we saw how good he was for Ajax. Where's he going to fit into it all? Mm. Mm. Well, they've yeah, got to play. Yeah, they've that, got to that, play that, him in a exactly, three, haven't they? Yeah. Go on, Crouchy. That was, that, that, I was just going to say that is exactly my point. You know, like he became available, so they bought him. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, there was no plan. Everyone said, well, they've got Pogba, they've got Bruno Fernandes, they've got players in there, you know. What, what, where's he going to fit in? We all said that when he signed. They were saying, well, where, where's the centre-half? You know, they need, they need proper centre-halves, don't they? They need defenders, you know, full-backs even, you know. Uh, it, was a, it, was, it was a yeah, good player, but where's he going to fit in? Yeah, it felt like you, they were signing him to stop other clubs signing him. And listen, that's happened before. Mm. You two know that. Um, Danny, let me ask you about Pogba, because from your two, this it's people are always fascinated. We're always fascinated, Dom and I, and people who've never played the game, what goes on in the in the changing room. If you're a Man United player getting ready to play the other night and Pogba walks in, 
And you look up and you think, well, I know you don't want to be here because your agents just told the whole world you don't want to be here. <laughs> How is that supposed to make you feel as a player who's going to go out? I know he came on, he didn't start. Go out and play with him in that game. Surely that's disruptive, isn't it? Um, not as much as you think. Players don't get too involved in what other players' agents are saying in the press. They understand the way it works and they understand that sometimes agents say things that aren't, aren't ideal. Most players judge each other by how they get on every day in the dressing room and apparently he's a popular lad, Pogba. I mean, for me, from a footballing point of view, he, he's, he's got world-class talent. He's just not a world-class player. Um, he, he doesn't produce consistently enough. He seems to play a bit lackadaisically at times. When he's on it, he's, he's amazing. We know that. He's a super, super talent. But it, look, it does look like that he wants to be somewhere else um, and that he feels harshly treated, hard done by and I think when you get in that mindset where you think, you know what, I'm on the pitch, I'm on the bench, the manager's making me look a bit of a mug, you're not really ever going to produce your best football. So it's, I think, it, look, it's, it's time for both, isn't it? I think it's time for both to, to part company and be done with it. But you, don't, you wouldn't think as a player, oh, he's not going to put a shift in because I know he wants to go and his agent says he wants to get off. Well, he's, not, he's, 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 not, he's a bit like, um, he's a luxury in many respects anyway. It's not like you'd be watching, you know, a, 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 I'm trying to think of an example. If, if you watch McTominay play, for example, if he wasn't putting it in, it'd be more obvious. Mm. Pogba plays quite, that, mm. you know, you can never really tell. He's like Berbatov, Ozil, that kind of style where you think, is he bothered today? And then they produce that moment of magic. It's, I don't think you'd be able to tell that with him. You'd, you'd judge it more on his um, attitude around the place. And as, as everything I hear, that the lads like him. Yeah. OK. Uh, listen, let's get on one more and then we'll get on to the really serious question of Christmas parties and you two can spill the beans. <laughs> Before we do that, the game that you two can't lose next week, it's Liverpool-Tottenham. Now, Peter, we're going to get the answer to my question maybe next week at Anfield, won't we, about whether Ooh. Tottenham can win the league playing the way they can. Because if they sit in, and Danny, I know Danny will go to him afterwards, has got a view on this. If they sit in Tottenham at Anfield, what's likely to happen? Well, they will do. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think we. I think they can tell how the game's going to go. Um, Mourinho's going to go there and, and try his very best to keep a clean sheet, try and frustrate Liverpool. Um, and I have I have seen it done before. And we can say, yeah, Liverpool got so much attacking talent. It'll only be a matter of time. But you wouldn't put it past Tottenham to get a result. I think it's such an intriguing match. It's one that I'm so uh, looking forward to because um, it is a it is a battle of. Uh, it's a battle of trying to break Tottenham down. But having said that, you know, the, with with the injuries to, to Liverpool's back line, um, you know, Fabinho and, and Matip or, or whoever they, they play at the back there, um, you know, I know Trent and, um, and uh, Robertson are coming back to full fitness now. So hopefully we'll have, have them back as well. But um, I do think there is vulnerabilities um, at the back of Liverpool for, for, for Kane and Son who are in absolute blistering form so such an intriguing match and what I've done there is sit on a massive fence you have I've <laughs> got a very large splinter in your backside Peter Krabs, there yeah Danny right well, let's assume Tottenham are going to sit in because I think they will that's their want and that's fine what's likely to happen if they do that well, if you see what Leicester did, they sat in, but they didn't. They didn't press the ball anywhere. No. On the, you know, it was too easy for Liverpool. There's a difference between sitting in and having an area where you you then press and break from. And, and Mourinho's probably had a look at that game and thought, well, okay, if we sit in, we, we should, there has to be a line on a pitch where they press press the ball and win it back. But with Liverpool's 
runs and creativity at the moment, Salah, Mane, Jota, they'll have a real problem trying to keep them out for 90 minutes if they just sit back. So, so they will try and attack, of course, because they've got the quality to do so. Where I think Liverpool will win it is the midfield. Liverpool's midfield, whoever plays, are always super disciplined. You know, when Coutinho left, they went to that three-man midfield. They were all proper midfield, proper midfielders, I call them. They press, they get back, they spot danger, they go with runners. I'm talking about Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner, Keita, mm. uh, Thiago, when he played, any of them. They all do the job properly. And I think they'll be working on Liverpool is condensing that middle of the pitch, whether Henderson or Wijnaldum plays in there and just keeps an eye out for Kane and stops that counter. Because the counter is, I mean, we keep seeing it week in, week out at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No one seems to have stopped it. You know, I don't understand why you haven't got one holding midfielder just st- sitting in there saying, right, as soon as Kane comes, get to the shout, I'll pick him up, sacrifice myself going forward. I, I think the way Tottenham are playing, I, I, I think Liverpool it suits Liverpool. I think you sit off Liverpool, they'll get confidence on the ball. Trent's back. He's going to get high up the pitch easily if Tottenham are too deep. His quality of crosses. You've got Jota now, who's a new dimension. Movement all over the place. I, I don't think they can keep playing that way against the top teams and getting away with it. Yeah, That's how you don't sit on the feds, Peter Crouch. <laughs> Bill, I'm going to do next week and Tottenham have won 2-0. 2-0, yeah, yeah. But Dom, Dom um, Danny makes a really interesting point watching the North London derby. I mean, the, the world and his wife and the Martians were visiting you what Kane was going to do. And yet, presumably so did Arteta, but Arsenal didn't do anything about it. You could see it. You could see the end of the film. The minute Kane got the ball in the centre circle for the first goal, you knew how the film ended. Yeah, and, and, and the and the second as well. Um, yeah. I was just I was, I was amazed that the people, um, some of the the comments after the game, that people were trying to suggest that Arsenal had played well because they'd had lots of the ball. Yeah. Never heard such no- <laughs> nonsense in my life. Um, no, it'll be fascinating next week. I think Mourinho will play six at the back, like he did with Manchester United, um, and then hope to hope to pill for something. But I just think Liverpool are Liverpool are starting to get into. Um, a rhythm at the minute now um, where, the, where they're very dangerous. And what they did to Wolves last week, I, I thought that was the best performance they produced mm. since um, yeah. since they've actually won the title. Yeah. They were breathtaking in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. In fact, it was better than some performances on the way up to the title, wasn't it? It was, it was that yeah. good. Listen, Christmas parties are off this year for obvious COVID reasons, but let's have a bit of fun to finish with Peter Crouch. Everything that, you know, imagine your grandmother w- were in the room, everything you're allowed to tell us about the best Christmas parties. <laughs> You might as well move it on then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, do you know what? It's an, it's an age-old tradition um, that in this country, in any walk of life, in whatever job you're in, it's it's part and parcel of the... We all go mental at the Christmas party. <laughs> Footballers are no different. Um, unfortunately, they're more well-known than, uh, than people that, I don't know, work in a shop. Maybe yeah. so. Uh, yeah, you have to be so careful, and um, it, it's become, it's become, you know, just people waiting for for footballers to where do something was it, where, stupid. What was your best Christmas party? Uh, I'd say I'd say <laughs> Liverpool. Liverpool used to do fancy dress. That was uh, <laughs> tell, that was always tell the shark story. Tell the shark story. <laughs> no, <I don't> know. <laughs> the shark was at Portsmouth. I was, I was dressed as a shark down in uh, Bournemouth, believe it or not. And um, the, we were a bit rowdy and the, uh, the bouncer threw us out. But um, as I was dressed as a shark, my, uh, my, my mouth was, was the head. So I've literally I've, I've bit the bouncer that was throwing us out. But as I was biting him, 
he's basically in my costume. So he's here, he's here looking at me while I'm biting them. The lads loved it. The bouncer, not so much. No. <laughs> <laughs> we all need a laugh after this year. Danny, Liverpool, best Christmas parties? Uh, we had some stonkers. I mean, uh, we actually got, I don't know if you recall, we had an undercover. Journo's got him to one of ours uh, many years ago. And um, a couple of the stories where, you know, you, I remember one story in one of the papers where it was uh, Ronald McDonald getting his jig, you know, having a dance on the stage with a stripper. And, and you know, and all the lads are going, who was dressed as Ronald McDonald? It's like, oh, we're going to get out But yeah, we had, we had, we had some fab times. Um, I didn't, I remember my first Christmas party where I, I made the biggest mistake ever. We used to have to do an initiation song, um, your first Christmas party. And I signed the same, I signed the same time as Incy. Um, and Incy was a bit nervous about doing it and somehow manipulated me to get up with him and do a duet. We did New York, New York, but I didn't know that the lads, free bar and all that, decided to swill Incy with all the beers. Um, so I got swilled as well. And I was an American Indian at the time with the face paint on. So by the time I'd finished New York, New York, dressed as an American Indian, I had it coming all <laughs> Oh, but yeah, um, did, but uh, did, good you, days, good days. did you find that, I mean, so you had Gerard Houllier. I mean, a lot of you had non-English, non-British managers. The British manager, Harry Redknapp, went, OK, try not to get into trouble. Did you find that those who weren't British, Danny, found like, what are you lot up to? Do you really have to do this? When Houllier got sole control, the Christmas parties were toned right down, oh. right down. You know what we used to do? I'd say another one, we used to do these songs and... Um, you, you had to, if you're a new player, even the foreign lads, get up at a Christmas day when you do a song. And um, we had a, a young player called uh, Pongole, a centre-forward. I don't know if you remember him. Cinema mm. Pongole, was it? Yeah. Yeah, Cinema, Cinema Pongole. Pongole. He was a bit nervous. And you could see the lads getting really nervous about doing the song. And he, he said, uh, oh, lads, you know, I, I can't sing. Can I dance? And the lads are going, oh, no, yeah, if you want to dance, dance. Anyway, Michael Jackson goes on. This kid had the best move you've ever seen in your life. Stand innovation he got. Honestly, brilliant. Brilliant. What was Harry Redknapp's last words to you before you went to the Christmas party, Crouchy? Well, I remember one one at Tottenham. Uh, he came out in the press, actually, on a Friday, and he, he banned them completely. He just said, look, no Christmas parties this year. You know, they've got nine months in the season. They can do what they like in the summer. Christmas parties are ridiculous. Um, they won't be having one. Uh, so anyway, we were watching this on Sky Sports News and um, <laughs> we'd already been to Ireland the week before. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I hope no one's taken a picture. Yeah. Uh, sh- sure enough. Um, front page, <laughs> yeah. Front, front page the next day uh, was, was us in Ireland. Yeah. Front page the next day, a shark. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> Dom, we're, just gonna, we're all going to have to do it, Adam, Dom, this year. Yeah, even, us, yeah. even in the journalistic world, we can't have a Christmas party. Well, exactly. Mark, you know us. We're, we've always been clean living professionals. Yeah, exactly. By the yeah. book, <laughs> early Dom was that. statistics and things. <laughs> Dom, 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 was that, uh, Dom was the undercover one that Danny was <laughs> Dom was Ronald yeah. McDonald. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to I can't, I can't tell you Ronald McDonald. No, no, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't know when I get soon. Jets, thank you very much. Stay well. Lots to look forward to this week. We'll catch up soon. And that's it from Game On. We'll be back next week and every week via Spotify, Apple and Google. Don't forget to sign up to your daily briefing from mailplus.co.uk. That's it from me, Mark Pugach. See you next week for more Game On.